Okay. I think we have three misperceptions about the identity politics movement. At least three. The first mistake I think we make is when people say, oh, you can't make any money with a gender studies degree. I don't think that's true. I think the world has changed. These, these are smart people. These are ambitious people. And they're very savvy. I think they understand the world pretty well. Look at their tactics, right? What do you think all this outrage and shaming is for? I feel like Mark Felt. I feel like Deep Throat. Follow the money. I think it's to bully institutions into creating jobs that pay very well and spread the ideology of identity politics. The University of Michigan has 82 diversity officers whose salaries are more than $10 million a year. And, you know, these titles are just Orwellian. Here is the director, Office of Academic Multicultural Initiatives, Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. Her salary is $154,000. Associate Vice Provost, Interim Senior Director and Title IX Coordinator, Office for Institutional Equity, $198,000. That is a bejesus amount of money. And the jobs are, they're bulletproof. And they have amazing benefits. Free health care. And these jobs, you know, they're not just confined to the corrupt university system. They're spreading into corporate America starting with technology. And again, who can blame these graduates, right? It's a lot easier to play the victim card than it is to stay up until three in the morning learning Python. So I think there are very real, rational incentives to play identity politics. The second mistake we make is thinking that they are snowflakes, that they're weak, that they are fragile. I don't think they are. I think they're strong. I think they're self-righteous. I think they're manipulative. They're cry-bullies. They're deliberately trying to be offended because they think that allows them. It, they think it gives them moral cover to be aggressive and violent. Again, you know, I can empathize with them very easily. Imagine you've been overly protected, coddled your entire life. You've grown up in this cult of self-esteem, and then you're exposed to the real world. That makes you anxious and fearful. And then you become bitter and resentful. You look for a chance to take that resentment and your hatred out on someone else. And then here comes the identity politics preachers and they offer you a chance to join them. Finally, you have purpose. 
Your life has meaning. Complex, scary reality is reduced to this simple ideology with very clear enemies. Your new social structure, it gives you a sense of belonging to something greater than yourself. Even better, I think it, you know, it gives you this smug sense of moral superiority. Now your friends congratulate you when you hurt someone or when you insult the right person. You know, I just say this out loud to myself, and it's unbelievably seductive. I understand why they see themselves as, you know, holy warriors. They're fighting the good fight. Don't underestimate them. These are religious people, and their God is a racist ideology. <laughs> and, you know, this absolutely blows my mind, by the way. You know, you see reasonable, thoughtful people caveat any criticism of identity politics by protesting their liberal credentials. You know, people say, oh, you know, I'm, pro, I'm pro-legalization of marijuana, I'm pro-gay marriage, I'm anti-death penalty, as if that is going to protect them. I mean, revolutions, they eat moderates for breakfast, <laughs> right? Guess who is inevitably the first against the wall? It's the party member who doesn't go along with the extremists. Do you think the identity politics police will care about your ideas? No, I mean, they're the identity politics police. They care about your identity. Are you the wrong race? Are you the wrong religion? That makes you guilty by definition. And finally, you know, the third misperception I think a lot of people have is that this is a fad. I think the cult of college education has gone too far in this country in the same way that, you know, the contempt for the trades has gone too far. And the result is pretty straightforward. We have too many college graduates in this country. Since, uh, since 19, I actually looked this up, since 1965, the number of college students has gone from 6 million to 20 million. And these students, they're burdened, crippled even, by just an obscene level of student debt. I think the last number I saw was $1.5 trillion. And student debt, by the way, I think is the only debt that can't be erased in bankruptcy court. So again, you know, put yourself in their shoes. You're a graduate and you need a high paying job just to survive. But there aren't enough of these, you know, quote, intellectual high status jobs to go around. Look at the landscape. Publishing and journalism eviscerated by the internet. Teaching. PhDs now become associate professors and that's essentially Eternal indentured servitude. Finance? Well, that's an industry withering away because of passive investing. Liberal arts graduates have a terrible opportunity set. But their whole lives, they've been promised the world by their parents, their teachers, the predatory college system. So they believe they deserve more. And they end up resentful and bitter 
and jealous. And so, of course, they're going to say, fuck it. I'm not rich. I'm not admired. Burn it down. And these disaffected intellectuals have the capacity to spread that message very eloquently. So I don't think this is a fad. Every time a 22-year-old graduates with an art history degree and $100,000 in debt, the problem gets worse. Every time that graduate manages to get a six-figure job as a diversity manager, spreading division and hatred, the problem gets worse. Every time the intolerant mob successfully shames and bullies and threatens someone into publicly apologizing for something they said, like a goddamn struggle session in Maoist China, the problem gets worse. Every time they blacklist someone for standing up to them, like a Brett Weinstein or a Peter Bogosian, the problem gets worse. Every time they create tribal conflict, every time they get us to think, oh, it's us versus them, based on some manufactured outrage, the problem gets worse. Every time the collectivist left takes another tiny step and destroys another freedom, the problem gets worse. You know, I don't, I don't want this problem to be real either. I watch myself all the time trying to convince myself this whole bloody mess is, is a fad, that this too shall pass. But that's a dangerous complacency. This problem is real, and it's getting worse. All right, that's enough soapbox for one week. I, uh, I'll catch you later.